0: This is the sound of turning ideas into software. This is the sound of engineering and passion. Work, work more, work harder, experiment, build, break, and build again. Write code, improve it, job done. Celebrate, insurance, finance, retail, defense, robotics, energy, amethics, Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. I'm Francesco, podcasting from the regular office of Brussels City in Belgium. Today we speak about ChatGPT. We have been speaking about this a number of times, we have been probably reading about this a lot these days, and uh, I'm pretty sure that many of you have even tried to play a bit with ChatGPT, which is one of the latest in artificial intelligence. Um, in fact, is a what is called a large language model uh, that goes under the acronym LLM, uh, which differs pretty much from uh, its predecessors, um, you know, the others of the family uh, of, uh, of GPT family of models, in fact, uh, which are deep learning based models that generate text or uh, can Uh, pretty much, you know, can do a lot of things with text. In fact, they can summarize text, they can translate text, and of course, give you uh, some, you know, human-like answers to uh, your uh, human questions. Now, why do I speak about ChatGPT only now? Well, um, you all probably know that if you're listening to this show, uh, you know that uh, there is very little hype on, uh, on the models that are Uh, published in the public domain and, uh, of course, are available from the big players in artificial intelligence. And uh, we are, I am personally very much against hype. And very much against the idea that these complex models are resemble uh, that resemble a human being uh, are even close to what we define as artificial general intelligence. So we're still not on that um, track, uh, unfortunately. Fortunately, I don't know, but um, that's a fact. I would take one episode to uh, explain what ChatGPT is, uh, but more importantly, what should we be expecting from a model of this type? And also, why all this enthusiasm around, uh, you know, the ChatGPT? I'm I was never a big fan of the GPT family of models, to be very honest. Uh, I slightly reconsidered my position, if I if I can say that. Uh, I'm not super excited uh, about these models, um, because I've been playing um, quite extensively in the last uh, few weeks, and uh, of course, there are still missing things, um, and also the model is behaving the way uh, a, a large language model of this type is expected to behave, regardless of what people say out there, or, uh, you know, the general public enthusiasm around this model. It's a very powerful model, that's for sure. You know, that's undeniable. It's also very fun to use. I uh, personally use it to create Uh, stupid poems (laughs) about pretty much anything that happens in my life, Uh, and I also uh, have a lot of fun uh, joking with my friends um, and colleagues, uh, you know, describing situations in the form of a sonnet or or a poem in general. That's how I personally use ChatGPT. But of course, uh, ChatGPT can be used for many more uh, and much more important things, Uh, also things that can you know, tasks that can help you in your uh, daily job, if you use it with parsimony. Okay, that's, that's my, uh, my, my advice. Um, uh, it's not a silver bullet against anything, uh, or everything. Uh, and uh, you should always double check, uh, do some sort of fact checking uh, of all the answers that ChatGPT gives you. Um, because as I will explain in the course of this episode, there is a a moment in which ChatGPT starts, you know, guessing things and uh, and also inventing things that probably never existed. And so, making these facts uh, look real. Uh, so, you know, if you are uh, consuming the, the, the response or the answer of a ChatGPT session uh, without double checking, you're probably going to be into trouble if you're using that uh, answer for something important, for example. Now I mentioned the um, word guess, um, and uh, not by by coincidence, um, because guessing game is probably the closest exercise that was in fact uh, invented by uh, Shannon, uh, to whom we dedicated a very nice episode about uh, the life of Shannon, and uh, there is a an amazing book about that. So please check the uh, previous episode of this uh, of this show. I will also pointed for you uh, to the show notes of this episode as always. Um, So back to Shannon, he um, created this game, which he named the guessing game. And um, uh, this was essentially a way to teach computers to understand language. And that was, you know, back in the days when artificial intelligence was not even a thing. Uh, Remember that Claude Shannon uh, was the beginner and the pioneer a lot of things out there, the the things that we currently take for granted, uh, especially in communication. Uh, And also, when it comes to artificial intelligence, in particular, uh, NLP, uh, or in in fact, language understanding, NLP was not even a term uh, back in the time, um, invented this game. That was 1951, right? So, um, the game consisted of guessing the next letter, right? Now, if you... Uh, know what ChatGPT does, and in fact, what all the family of GPT models do, um, is doing exactly the same on a word basis, right? So it's guessing the next word given a certain context. That's you know, I'm being gen- general today. I don't want to be into the the details and the technical details about how ChatGPT really works. But uh, you know, there are several papers and there is a lot of tutorials out there, very technical. But on this show, I would like to give you a uh, you know, an explanation of what it is and what you should be expecting from a model of this type, right? So, that's what ChatGPT does. So, the way ChatGPT has been trained, and in fact all the families of, of GPT models uh, have been trained, is uh, essentially guessing the next word given a certain context. And um, And apparently, you know, this is a game that um, uh, requires, you know, if you want to play this game at a human level, um, it becomes, it starts becoming something that is very interesting. Uh, Why? It's because you need to understand the context. And so, to, you know, guess the next letter, in the case of Shannon, uh, but in the case of JetGPT, a word, in order to understand, uh, sorry, in order to generate and guess correctly the next character or word uh, well you need to understand the context very very well and so that's why uh, usually training model building models of this type um, is strictly related to the fact that you are understanding language you know Because you cannot or you could not generate that letter or that word if you did not understand the context. And the context can be pretty much anything. It can be philosophy, it can be religion, it can be uh, a a technical content, uh, it can be about, you know, news, about politics, you you name it, right? So, the fact that a model can guess the next word, uh, you know, Almost all the time, let's say ninety-nine plus percent of the time, that's not really the case. But let's assume that happens. Uh, Well, that would mean one would say that would mean that the model understands the context and therefore um, you know it can guess correctly the next letter or the next word. And uh, of course, that's not the case. I mean, it is partially the case, um, but it's also the case that these models have. are equipped with billions and billions of parameters. And so definitely something has changed with respect to when we were dealing with, for example, 60 billion parameter models, which is already an amazing number of parameters, 275 or more billions of parameters, that is the models that we are dealing with today. So, you know, there is a, a flipping point there um, in which something apparently is happening, something different happens. Uh, from from the perspective of the model Uh, but it could also be that model is so big that it starts relatively you know starts memorizing things um, because you know it's it has much more bandwidth it has much more space in terms of number of parameters and so it has much more space to store and memorize uh, whatever is provided uh, from the training set that could also be the case and to be honest uh, that was my very first conclusion about these massive models, language, large language models. Like, okay, the day they will come with, let's say, a trillion parameter model, uh, you know, we will have this amazing um, uh, lookup table kind of, uh, that is, you know, much more powerful than a simple lookup table because it can uh, look up things that are similar and not exact. So, what a lookup table is essentially allows you to search and to find... Um, some targets exactly as they are in your database or in your storage, right? Uh, that's what a lookup table can do for you. And by usually using hashing or other techniques, you can do that in, uh, in uh, you know, very fast, um, let's say, usually in constant time or in uh, log n time, right? So, uh, ChatGPT to my uh, eyes uh, looked more like a big lookup table. In fact, the family of GPT models look like a big lookup table on steroids, uh, due to the fact that you know these models can, uh, for example, consider text similarity, paragraph similarity, and the concept of similarity is much more powerful than. Uh, you know, the concept of exact match because, you know, that's regular expression and pattern matching is stuff from the 60s or 70s or even before. Um, it is powerful, but it is a mechanical thing. It's not something that, you know, generate can generate the same level of enthusiasm uh, in humans. Now, however, uh, what ChatGPT really is, is, well, the combination of um, three or more different things that were not present in the models before. And that's where I started changing my, um, let's say, opinion about these models. Because, you know, when you combine these three things that I'm mentioning now, uh, in fact, you get something that is much more powerful than uh, the models, the language models we were used to until several months ago. Um, And the three things are the following. Well, first of all, uh, all the GPT family of models uh, are based on the, the concept of instructions. All right. So, before getting there, um, we have to say that when these models get trained, uh, they get trained with massive amount of text. All right. And this text can come from pretty much anywhere. They can come from forums or fora. Uh, they can come from chats. They can come from websites. The entire Wikipedia, in fact, has been used, uh, as well as Reddit, Um, has been used to train this model and all the millions or billions of articles that you can find in blogs and things that you can find online, right? So the amount of text that these models are exposed to when uh, it's time to train them is incredible. So that's the first thing. And now let me tell you something important. Cyber criminals are evolving. Their techniques and tactics are more advanced, intricate and dangerous than ever before industries and governments around the world are fighting back, unveiling new regulations meant to better protect data against this rising threat. Today, the world of cybersecurity compliance is a complex one, and understanding the requirements your organization must adhere to can be a daunting task. But not when the pack has your back. Arctic Wolf, the leader in security operations, is on a mission to end cyber risk by giving organizations the protection, information, and confidence they need to protect their people, technology, and data. Their new interactive compliance portal helps you discover the regulations in your region and industry and start the journey toward achieving and maintaining compliance. Visit arcticwolf.com data science to take your first step. That's arcticwolf.com slash data science. Even though the amount of text that these models are trained with or trained from um, is incredible there is still no connection with the external world you know outside of that text there is nothing so if you have something you know some concept uh, in textual format like uh, the sky is blue right or the color blue now the color blue might be associated to another concept that is present in the text, like the sky, like a chair, like a table that are blue, and so on and so forth. But there is no concept of, you know, the outside world of what is the scenario in which that concept is in fact related, uh, or to which that concept is related or, or um, refers to. So that's, and that's obvious because, you know, the only input that these models receive uh, is text. While human beings receive much more, uh, you know, many more types of input, right? Uh, We have, uh, we have perceptions that come from pretty much all our senses uh, plus uh, we can read text plus we can visualize things we can view we can hear we can touch we can feel so you know that's already the biggest limitation and that's normal because you know one is a, a model <laughs> a mathematical uh, or an algorithm uh, and and the other one is a is a an organic an organism <laughs> or a, or, a, or a human uh, which is even more complex than a simple organism With this said, uh, there are, uh, there have been used strategies to train these models um, and I refer to the entire family of the GPT models, which is by using instructions. So, what is instructions? Instructions um, are, well, instructions (laughs) that are given by humans uh, during training time in order to describe a task right? And so, if today you can, for example, ask ChatGPT to translate uh, a certain text into another language, it's because essentially during training someone has instructed the model with, let's say, a keyword translate or similar, uh, providing the text A, providing the text B, and letting the model learn that when there is a translation request of text A, uh, into another text, it should be generating text B, or something similar to that, right? Um, the same for a summary. Uh, if you ask ChatGPT to provide the summary of a text, well, that's possible because during training, there was someone who instructed the model with a, let's say, a tuple or yeah, a tuple summary, which is the instruction, the text to summarize, and the summarize text as the answer of, uh, of that operation, of that instruction right? And the same goes for a lot more um, instructions that you can play with, uh, with ChatGPT, uh, and even myself included, uh, playing with something, you know, a prompt uh, that is uh, um, given this story, uh, make a poem out of it, or something like that. That's my, my favorite game these days. Now, the concept of instructions is something that is novel, um, relatively novel but it's powerful it is powerful because in fact it allows one to uh, let's say create that bridge between the text and the outside world right so it's an artificial way to bridge what is in the text uh, to what is not in the text right and that's extremely powerful um The second thing that characterizes ChatGPT and makes it, you know, different from the models that we uh, have been uh, playing with until uh, until now uh, is dealing with non-natural languages. Uh, For example, programming languages, right? Programming languages are non-natural languages. In In fact, they are formal languages, right? It's languages that are, you know, parsed and let's say, I quote this, understood uh, by a machine or by another algorithm to generate, for example, machine code, right? So, your Java, C, C++, Rust, Python, whatever, they are all programming languages. And uh, ChatGPT has been trained on programming languages as well. Now, why is that powerful? Well, because programming languages don't come just, you know, in the form of programming languages. But if you look at the code that is out there, take about, take, for example, um, uh, GitHub or GitLab and all the public repositories that you can find. There are tens and tens of, of or probably hundreds of millions of lines of code that is uh, commented, described, uh, there are chats built around uh, code snippets. Uh, there are uh, articles uh, on, on Medium, for example, or many other uh, social media where you find, for example, an entire blog or a post about something that is related to uh, you know, a, uh, a piece of code or a code repository. There are entire papers, papers with code, um, in which there is you know, the entire paper describing what has been done uh, in that code. And so, of course, there is enough material for a, a 175 billion parameter model to learn. Uh, the, let's say, relations between uh, these comments and so the natural language uh, and the non-natural language or the formal language, which is the programming language. So that's, again, another way, an artificial way to bring the, the uh, let's say, the context out of the text, right? And so to, uh, to aggregate and to put together um, what is in the text with what, with what is not in the text, okay, and creating that relation, even though that was not present in the first time. The third, uh, in my opinion, the, the least spoken about, which I believe is um, probably one of the most powerful ones, uh, is the reinforcement learning par- part. Uh, and so that's something that is new with ChatGPT that was not present in the other uh, GPT models. Uh, so, there is a, you know, we should be talking about this because this is the so-called um, RLHF, which stands for Reinforcement Learning with Human Feedback, um, which is incredibly powerful in my opinion because, you know, that allows, uh, you know, to a human to always have control over the model. Uh, and, you know, controlling a 175 billion parameter model is not a piece of cake you know Uh, we know that deep learning suffer suffers from or deep learning models suffer from a a very big limitation which is uh, in generative mode uh, they can start generating things that were never in the training set and we have seen you know hyper racist (laughs) models or model or chat bot become or chat bots becoming uh, you know, <laughs> super racist or, or or having these Nazi ideas, uh, and all of a sudden switch to, you know, switch the conversation, uh, impersonating Hitler or or whoever uh, in in those days. But you know in order to avoid this, uh, the the developers and the designer of ChatGPT have thought of something that I find extremely useful and extremely smart and clever, which is introducing the human factor, in the form of reward. uh, And so in a reinforcement learning fashion, this is 100% reinforcement learning paradigm uh, in which you have a human that instructs and corrects uh, uninteresting things or irrelevant things uh, with respect to the context. Um, And, you know, this is something that is also novel. So it's the combination of these three things, in my opinion, that makes a difference with respect to what Uh, ChatGPT or the family of GPT models and all these uh, large or very large language models could uh, provide uh, in in terms of experience and, of course, usability. Now, of course, there are a lot of limitations and uh, I have to be very critical here, though I have been super critical uh, and pretty much against these models every time I read uh, somewhere online that, you know, these models were uh, approaching artificial general intelligence and and that humans were screwed because sooner than later these models would have uh, taken over and blah 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 so we have been reading a lot about these models we have been uh, um, uh, hearing a lot about the capabilities and how powerful these models can be and how dangerous these models can be don't forget that the very first versions of gpt models were banned uh, from the developers themselves, uh, even from OpenAI, they 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 banned it. So they first published and then they they banned it because they considered it dangerous. Uh, and people might have abused, uh, you know, the way GPT models were generating text, and they would have abused the text and the answer to create, you know, fake news or uh, to just pollute the internet with uh, uh, with fake facts. Right now. The model, uh, of course, is super biased, Uh, it has a lot of stereotypes um, and it also doesn't really understand the language, okay? So that's a fact. Um, Now is it important? Uh, It's important to mention it clearly, but it's not a big deal uh, in my opinion. Um, And uh, again, I was one of those who had a completely different opinion a few months ago. So I I thought that was indeed extremely important. Uh, But in fact, you know, the fact that a a language of this caliber does not understand language is not that important because, uh, you know, it depends the use that you do uh, with, it depends what you do with these models, okay? You would definitely never use these models to understand something. You would use these models to, uh, you know, for other purposes. Um, Google doesn't understand text. And when you query Google, uh, it doesn't really understand, you know, in, in human terms, the query that you are asking for a particular search. Yet, Google shows you amazing results. And most of the time, it is super accurate in uh, in the web pages and uh, the, the links that it provides you with. So, is understanding a limitation in, uh, in this domain? Not at all. Um, it depends, again, the usage that you do. A lot of people said, yes, but it will never really understand language because, and these people was myself a few months ago, I, I, I repeat, okay, who cares? Like, okay, a language of this, uh, a model of this of this caliber, the way it is designed, you know, after all, it's a model that has, that, that it, it has been trained to to guess the next word given a, a bunch of other words in the past. Okay, so that's what this model is about. It will never understand languages like humans do. Sure, who cares? Um, models are not humans and uh, they don't need to. Reason for which, um, due to the fact that they don't understand text in human terms, um, you know, they might start generating things that indeed make sense according to the statistical properties of the model, but cannot make sense or very likely don't make sense in the world Uh, in the human world so that's why you know you have to double or triple check the the answers that you receive by these mothers even though they make sense like when you read there is a uh, they are you know these answers are grammatically correct most of the time Um, they are semantically you know they make sense you know there is some sort of uh, um smoothness in the way uh, you know when you read a, t- a generated text it's like if you don't pay attention that much it's like yeah it's legit um and then if you start you know it starts triggering your logic and your rationality you you might find some you know contradictions or simply uh, things that are you know not possible or just not true also, there is no notion of time in uh, in models of this type. So the fact that um, these models have been trained uh, with snapshots of data. Um, so essentially, uh, I don't remember the, the last available uh, version of, of ChatGPT, I believe it's around the 15th of December, if I'm not wrong. And I believe that there will be new versions and new versions means that uh, there is additional data that the model has been uh, fed with, uh, and so there are additional facts that the model has been exposed to, uh, and this means that, for example, if you ask who's the president of the United States, uh, or if you ask who's the president of Italy, and who were uh, the presidents before, um, you know, ChatGPT cannot give you answers of this type, you know, because there's no notion of time. Uh, also you know having no notion of time is not capable of of telling you which facts came first so essentially president um, uh, a and president b can't be i don't wanna i don't wanna cite names uh, to be part of you know to be part of any political uh, party uh, you know it's president a and president b are both valid because they both were presidents at some point in time just in two different uh, time frames uh, and so there is no notion of time. Uh, there is no uh, notion of of, of knowledge uh, either. So the uh, so-called knowledge awareness is not present. The fact that um, what the model knows is in fact knowledge um, is a concept that is not there. And that's why they can, uh, you know, make stuff up uh, and and mix it to the real facts coming from the training set, uh, plus the generated facts generated by the model itself, and they would still, you know, be mixed up and and, and look look legit. Because there is no aware uh, of knowledge. There is no knowledge of knowledge. Another thing I found is that um, ChatGPT sucks with numbers and math. Uh, So, mathematics is something that is not uh, its piece of cake, except for, you know, the usual uh, give me two plus two and and, and very similar arithmetics. But for the rest, uh, there is no, uh, you know, no um, capability that is at least human level capability for performing mathematics. And there is a reason behind that. It's because the representation of mathematical concepts uh, comes from text Um, and... uh, of course you know there is there are much better ways to represent for example numbers and mathematical concepts than uh than text um so okay these are some of the limitations that i have up in my head uh, there are probably many more one for example is the fact that um, you know the number of parameters i see i look at it as a big limitation because uh you know, it doesn't really help in the democratization of these models uh, and the availability of this model. We have to hope that OpenAI keeps the web page and the ChatGPT available uh, to the public, but the day they shut it down, we will have no ChatGPT. And waiting for the next player who has that capacity, you know, financial capacity, but also infrastructure capacity, to provide a a massive model like this one uh, to the rest of the world is, you know, uh, not not an easy, uh, an easy uh, event. Um, So there is no democratization in that respect. Also, there's no democratization in the the way these models get trained. Also, for that, you need massive infrastructure um, and also you need a ton of data. Uh, We already said that we need, uh, you know, these are very uh, data hungry uh, problems. Uh, terabyte of data is not uh, even an exaggeration um, and so of course that restricts uh, let's let me put it like that restricts the uh, number of people or the type of people who can deal and build models of this caliber so yeah these are my uh, this is my summary about what chat gpt is i hope i don't uh, i didn't kill the enthusiasm <laughs> about these models i i find them amazing uh, if they are used in the right context for the right things so don't overdo it and especially if you're doing critical stuff um, you know uh, put your human attention still (laughs) to the task don't uh, rely uh, exclusively or blindly on models of this type that's it for today i hope you enjoyed the show speak with you next time